Welcome to day five of uh, Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And there has been more drama than we have reckoned for already, as uh, Adam and Eve have chosen to reserve for themselves the right to choose what is best and good for them, have rejected God, and have uh, lost the presence of God and the blessing of God. And from the downward spiral, uh, we see uh, their first two children, uh, in contention with each other and one killing the other rather than dealing with the root of his own sin. And uh, you see him becoming a restless wanderer and you see him uh, you know, embodying a lot of the attitude that we do towards sin. And of course we get to chapter 6 and this is the climax of the wickedness in the world that will lead to an act of decreation in the flood. Remember God separates waters and for us to and it takes the chaos out of the world for us to have a safe place to live, and the chaos will be brought back in as uh, we deal with uh, the flood narrative. So let's pick up in, uh, in chapter 6. Heavenly Father, as we read your word, may we be repulsed by the ugliness of our sin, and may we see it not as an ancient reflection of a people far removed from us, but as a reflection of our hearts as well. Thank you for the redemptive work that you have done in our hearts through your spirit. And Father, may we be a people uh, after your own heart. It's in your only name we pray. Amen. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. And the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. Uh, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people in the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark out of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubics long, 50 cubics high, and 30 cubics high. Make a roof for it, uh, leaving below the roof an opening one cubic high all the way around. Put a door on the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the earth. Every creature that has a breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I'll establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. 
You're to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. We have a we have a story, I guess, of the first uh, first cruise. Yeah, <laughs> and a, a enormous, uh, enormous mm. in a boat. If we were to you know put it out, it would uh, dwarf a football field. You know, mm. in its um, in its height and depth and breadth. And some have calculated that indeed it would hold. You know, two of every uh, you know living creature on the earth, or the you know the foundational you know kind of species. It's also interesting enough. There's a story that you find in every culture. Yeah, I've heard that. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every culture has a memory of, of a flood, even mm-hmm. though you know cultures that are separated by you know great land masses. So you have Babylonian versions of this. You even have Native American versions mm-hmm. of this. Uh, and almost every culture recounts a time that the uh, waters were covered and that there was one who was rescued. Mm-hmm. And I guess you mentioned earlier this week we would get into our strange Bible to a certain extent. There we go. We got to the, <laughs> so so we're not going to skip right to the big boat. We're going to yeah. go to the Nephilim oh, wow. first. Huh? I have listened to Tim Mackey's entire podcast on it, uh-huh. and I think I was more confused when I walked away. Um, but I know this is something always people kind of are curious about, or you know, they read it, and it's like, okay, I think I kind of understand some of that, but maybe not. And you know, I've always understood Nephilim, but kind of these, these mighty men, these warriors on earth, maybe giants to a certain extent. Um, no, you know the, the the language, you know the language here. When human uh, beings begin to increase in number, we're going back, you know, chapter one on the earth, and daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw that the daughters of human were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Uh, the most natural, you know, the most natural translation of that is, you know, speaking of angelic beings, is a phrase that will be used again in the book of Job as the sons of God gather before the council of God, and it'll be used in a couple of Psalms as well, where it's kind of obscured, you know, by our translation. It's also a title that, you know, sometimes used, you know, for great kings of the earth. So some see a human explanation, you know, that the great kings of the earth are involved here. Uh, but one of the things that we need to realize is that there is a supernatural worldview to Scripture. And not only is there a, a rebellion on earth, but mm-hmm. there is also a rebellion in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and there are those of the angelic hosts that have rebelled against the purposes of God and are intent on, you know, destroying, you know, creation. So we have, you know, as we go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to Peter and to Jude, mm-hmm. uh, we have the story of angels who have crossed their boundaries and have been confined, you know, to the abyss. And of course, we have that picture in Revelation as well as the, you know, the angel who has the key to the abyss. Uh, which is a place where they're held, you know, in judgment. So the most natural reading of this is that there is a, a, a supernatural dimension of it. You have, of course, you know, Mark telling us, or Jesus telling us in the Gospel of Mark, the angels never, neither married or, or given in marriage. Uh, but part of that was you know, the confining that God has given, you know, to fallen angels. So that, that's the most natural mm-hmm. reading, and it does fit the biblical worldview, and it does, yeah. you know, fit, you know, our idea of you know cosmic rebellion, uh, not only uh, not only on earth but also, you know, in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and so Paul will talk about you know our, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and mm-hmm. powers and mm-hmm. spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So you see here them entering into and desecrating, you know, creation. And just how far creation's fallen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 
chapter five we, we skip because it's just a big genealogy and, and we don't like names you know they're hard to pronounce that's right i uh, i believe three easy names the day before that you but, but, but just, nobody's keeping yeah. score none of you remember of that yeah. but just to watch i mean even in verse three the lord said my spirit will not contend with humans forever for they are mortal and then in verse five Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. I mean, the the human race is indeed populating the earth. You know, they're fruitful and multiplying, and yet it's it's not the vision that God initially had in terms of how mm-hmm. this was supposed to go. You know, that that we would spread over the face of the earth, and in doing so, His glory would cover the, the face of the earth. Um, instead, what we mm-hmm. get is just a, a contending between God and man, and and the, how great the wickedness of the human race has become that every inclination of their thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. You know, I think we we kind of underestimate just how, how sinful our sin is. No. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's what we mean when we talk about total depravity. We, right. we don't talk about every human being as, uh, as bad as they could possibly be, but yeah. we talk about every aspect of every human being as tainted by sin. Mm-hmm. And so we are no longer living for the glory of God and with you know deep heart concern from one another we're living for ourselves and a lot of our motives are hidden motives and even when we are doing good on the outside it's for advantage you know for ourselves and, and so this is a perfect you know description of human depravity and what it ultimately you know leads to ultimately leads to destruction and a never ending spiral of mm-hmm. elevated sin mm-hmm. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I was going to say, and yet um, there was one man who found favor in the eyes of God, and it was a righteous man, a man that I would say listened listen to God and wanted to pursue the ways that God had in mind, which and was that is a the building of a deeply, boat. <laughs> you know, a deeply important word. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we have, you know, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his generation of, or mm-hmm. of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. But then we have him just, you know, described as uh, finding favor with God, which mm-hmm. is our word for grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so e- even though, you know, mm-hmm. he is a, a man who has, you know, is demonstrating covenant loyalty, you know, to God and mm-hmm. the way that he lives and the way that he, he walks, ultimately his righteousness is, is a righteousness of grace and not a righteousness of perfection. Mm-hmm. And, and we will find that out about him as his story yeah. continues. Yeah, that's true. And then going back to, you know, we were reading in verse, in verse 5 of every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was, was only evil all mm-hmm. the time. We obviously see that theme of heart all throughout Scripture as the hearts of the people are, are evil and are far from God. And then we talk about it a lot. But, you know, in Jeremiah 31 and you know, Ezekiel 36, we kind of have this promise of a, mm-hmm. of a new heart. Of a new heart. And then we see that obviously in Christ Jesus and, and being reborn into the kingdom and and given a, a new heart and given a, a new spirit and mm-hmm. so even though we see the ugliness here we we in the story do see the beauty of what Christ has done mm-hmm. for us in our ugliness which is grace what you're talking about and, even when no, you know before we have the promise of the new heart we have you know uh, Jeremiah's you know uh, diagnosis of the heart is wicked above all else and has an incurable wound mm-hmm. uh, you know in it so that you know the the new heart is a is a gift mm-hmm. a, a gift from god i do like the picture of the heart of stone versus the heart of flesh that's right too. ezekiel's yeah. image yeah mm-hmm. that uh, if we are going to be uh, the people that god has called us to be we, we need a mm-hmm. we need a new heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right 
we should probably talk about verse six and seven. You Let's know, do where the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. He says, I will wipe away uh, from the face of the earth the human race I have created with all the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. You know, and it's kind of one of those questions, what does it mean when yeah. the author says that God regretted that he had made them? And again, mm-hmm. twofold, you know, for I regret that I made them. Um, does God have regrets? Yeah, and, and he indeed does. The scripture says that he has regret, but it's not the same as, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I never yeah. anticipated this. I, I never anticipated that things would get this bad. I never anticipated, you know, that man would reject me in the garden. I never anticipated that Cain would kill Abel. I never, you know, anticipated that Lamech would write a song about, you know, taking vengeance. Uh, it's that uh, even though God, uh, in the way that He created, uh, allowed, uh, you know, the fall or made provision for the fall and for our redemption before, you know, time e- eternal doesn't mean that he does not sense the raw emotion of looking on the ugliness of sin and, and sense that, you know, deep. So I regret is, you know, too, too edged. You know, I, I wish I hadn't done that and I'm sorry for it. You know, God has one edge. I, I'm deeply sorrowed by how ugly the innocent can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you'll find most a lot of times that you can translate this exactly that way, that he was deeply grieved or he was yeah. sorrowful, mm-hmm. yeah, that he had made human beings. Um, yeah, and, and that's also, I think, the tension when we come to passages like this is we have to allow room for some mystery there as well. You know, that mm-hmm. I think being, and I know this is one of my struggles is I want to be able to like figure out and unlock yeah. every the, you know, difficulty of like how do these things hold together, and and at times you know I just have to read it for what it is mm-hmm. and allow God to reveal Himself as He's revealed Himself to me, yeah. and confess that His ways are not my ways and His you know His thoughts are not my thoughts; they're much higher. And you know, when it says the Lord regretted, I, I think we do everything we can to to wrestle with this text and to understand you know what does it mean for the Lord to be deeply sorrowful that He created mankind, yeah. and at the same time allow that that mystery to, to sit as well. No, you know, we, uh, uh, God, you know, God is, you know, we, we, we talk about the impassibility of God. In other words, his decisions are not affected by his emotions, but that doesn't mean that he does not experience. I mean, we're created in his image, anger, sorrow, uh, regret in the sense of, oh, this is, you know, this is uh, awful and unbearable. We see that in the Lord as well. You know, as he comes over, you know, the city of Jerusalem. Uh, so, uh, impassibility means that he, he doesn't make emotional decisions, but it does not mean, you know, that uh, he does not, uh, you know, have, you know, a heart that's full of compassion and a heart that's full of anger and a heart uh, that's full of love, you know, as well. And I do love that he's operating with a plan because he does even tell Noah at this point that he would enter or establish. A covenant right. with him, so he's he's got a, a plan. I don't think regretting in the human sense, yeah, yeah. would be uh, forward. The plan's with already a, been initiated in Genesis chapter three, where right. he talks about the seed, mm-hmm. uh, the seed of the woman who will, mm-hmm. you know, strike the fatal blow, and we see why uh, we need someone mm-hmm. uh, to strike a fatal blow when we see the ugliness of sin. Exactly, Cindy. Why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Sure. Yes. Father, we do see the ugliness of sin, and we do know that our hearts are deceitful above all things, and who can know them? But Father, we thank you that in the beginning of time, you've 
made a way for these very for our very wicked and, and evil hearts, Father, to be restored and renewed. And that came through the provision that you made for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you for this narrative. We thank you for this story. Father, we thank you that our place in this story is... Um, is also deeply embedded in the work of Christ, and we, we thank you for that. Be with us as we continue to learn these things, Father, and, and um, understand them and apply them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.